Hey everybody, welcome back. It is episode 76 of the Alfie Watton Tech Podcast. Um, as always, we are of course sponsored by welovealpha.com. If you're a UK software developer, um, get the job that you deserve now at welovealpha.com today. Or if you're an engineering manager looking to hire in Java or .NET or React or PHP or whatever your flavor of tech stack is, go to welovealpha.com to get the best UK engineers. Um, on the podcast today, I'm joined by Jamie Stone. Uh, Jamie, thanks for, for joining us. Could, could you just give us a little bit of an intro, mate, into who you are and what your background is, please? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm currently Director of Engineering Operations at Tin and Carter. Tin and Carter is a global consultancy, um, basically, our remit is to make the world better for everyone. We're a registered B Corp. Um, and we really try and do all of our work with a with a with a planet and a people slant on it, as well as obviously we are a, we are a, a, on the stock exchange. So awesome. have to make money as well. Um my day, day job, I'm responsible for the operations of our engineering department of about 150 to 200 engineers back end front end qa cloud um i got into that by previously being director of software engineering to managing a load of back end engineers before that i was running tech teams um, and before that way back when six seven years ago i was uh .net dev .net java javascript polyglot for a for an agency well no sorry for a software house mm-hmm. um and prior to that i've been a dev been paid to code php javascript .net java um vba asp.net all sorts um yeah. cool so you've done the role of a hands-on dev a team lead a manager scaling and, and running you know operations at the moment so it'd be good to get your perspective mate into what's happening in, in the world and understand obviously you have um quite a um a lot of enthusiasm around kind of the security element of, of, of things as well which is kind of what i've got you on today to talk about from from that angle on, on a couple of topics so um, without further ado we'll go in to see what's happening in, in the world of tech at the moment so uh Poor security might send work from home workers back to the office very soon. So smart devices could be putting businesses at risk. BlackBerry warns. So smart devices with poor security could end up forcing home workers back to the office if research from BlackBerry is to be believed. Uh, the new research from the company found that 8 in 10, so 79% of all UK businesses reportedly take no steps to secure their workers' home internet connections or provide software protection for domestic devices um, and consumers aren't exactly prioritizing this either um, despite 77% of smart devices in the home being purchased in the past two years less than a third so 32% of British home workers who own a smart device said security was a top three factor in making um, th- these purchases um, what do you make of, of all of this <laughs> it's where, to start, where to start um, I guess Security of home devices is probably a good place to start. How insecure are they? Uh, I think the, I think it's a truism that the the larger the company, the more mature that ecosystem where you bought it from, the more secure they will be. If you're just buying a, and I'm going to use this example, um, not not uh, not out of the blue, if you're buying a baby camera, yeah, off the internet, 
and it's white labeled or it's it's a brand you've never heard of you have no guarantee of their security mm. tended to talk at manchester b-sides three four years ago where um they just showed how easy it was to hack into that you it had a you know even without having that they had the tech to hand so they took it apart and they found it like they took the e-com apart and they they, they found all the 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 basic passwords they got onto the the web browser that was on the box and then put it back together again in live they were able to do things like play um rick bolus um sure. live um but those sort of things especially when you're looking at even the more modern day ones if you're hooking into a a, a ness or mm. trying not to use a brand name but if you're trying to hook into a um a doorbell camera on yeah. your phone you've got an app that will connect to it, it'll connect to your router, it'll then IP forward that traffic through to your camera, it's going to send it back to you, or it's going to go via a third-party server on the internet somewhere. You're trusting that company explicitly with that data, and you've basically given them keys to your network. Yeah. So unless you trust them, unless they're a big three, big four, you know, unless it's Amazon or Google or something that you know is going to be baking security in because they have to because of the, the reputational damage. Yeah. You've got to be really careful with these things. There's a great example of, um, I can't remember which camera it was, uh, no, doorbell. Um, yeah. And you used to be able to just pop it off, turn it over, press the reset, reset switch. It would okay. attach itself to your phone's Wi-Fi hotspot. Yeah. And then you could change the password. And then you say, yeah, security, it's, it's not great um, on the devices. I would challenge the the presumption that a person's work machine on a home network is unsafe mm. because that would presume that most people say windows or mac devices can easily be hacked from a home network that's the same as saying you can't be going into a coffee shop or mm. you're vulnerable to a contractor in an office attacking a machine those machines are actually pretty safe so yes i think home networks are unsafe yeah are they attacking a person's work machine i don't know. I'm not sure to agree with that one. Is, is there much a company watching this can do? Because um, apart from recalling all of their remote workers, which is unlikely given uh, it's 2022 and uh, most developers don't want jobs at the moment where they have to be uh, in an office every day. Um, apart from that, what is there any obvious solutions? You, you've do? just got to look at the attack vectors. So patch the machines, patch the home machines, make sure they're fully firewalls by which i mean the machines you're giving your remote workers to work with um, and make sure they're fully firewalled make sure they're fully patched they should be safe you could probably implement policies that say you're not allowed to access admin consoles for home devices you could probably even lock that down if you wanted to yeah um but i i don't think it's possible to lock down people's stuff you know it's in a way it's the same as saying if you drive to work you have to have valid insurance it has to have a consumer thing on it so mm. it has to have commuting on your insurance you have to have tax you have to be have a license to drive and companies will ask you a lot of companies that rely on people to drive will ask you to self-certify that and if you don't then it's disciplinary offense it could be the same for home networks for home yeah. things do you have are, are, are you using like a a a standard provider provided modem or by modem are you running antivirus on your home machines do you, but yeah it's it's tough because you can anything can plug and play now on a home network 
Yeah, mm. I get a little bit paranoid with this this sort of thing, Jamie, to, to the point where I will refuse to um, check my crypto or, or, or my bank balance if I'm in an airport or a, uh, a coffee shop and that sort of thing. Is that is that too much or is that level of paranoia that maybe a little um, bit helpful sometimes? It's yeah, it's an interesting question that I mean, it's, it's considerably less hackable than it used to be. Yeah. So when we had the rise of the free SSL certs from Let's Encrypt, um, they basically changed the 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 dynamic from I think it was I don't know seventy percent unencrypted to now seventy percent encrypted websites on okay. the web. So and that's providing end to end encryption from your laptop to to that endpoint. So unless somebody's got on your laptop, those should be secure. Um, obviously, if somebody's got on your laptop, all, all bets are off because they can change the um, SSL certs and all sorts. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, uh, one, one other thing I would say, companies encourage VPN use, um, and that's probably... However, mm. a certain company was recently hacked last week um, via a social, social engineering attack. Yes, yes. Big one in the where world. the password was given to the hacker who then used that to get onto the company VPN and then escalated from there. So VPNs aren't there catch all on their own you have to have security in depth across the board absolutely um speaking of um i suppose people being hacked and that sort of thing a mass amount of wordpress sites have have just been hijacked uh, by zero day hiding in a popular plugin um so 280,000 um were potentially um dangers of this serious uh, security flaw so a zero day vulnerability found in a premium uh, wordpress plugin is being actively exploited in the wild researchers are saying urging its users to remove it from the websites until a patch is released. So the Word Day uh, security plugin makers WordFence uncovered a flaw in WP Gateway, a premium plugin helping uh, admins manage other WordPress plugins and themes from a single dashboard. Um, so if you have a WordPress site, now is a, a good time to, to, to see if you, you're potentially um, part of you know this issue. Uh, but what, what, what do you make of, of that, Jamie? That seems like a lot of People. It, it doesn't surprise me in the slightest. The numbers are big for a plugin, um, but actually the numbers are probably a tenth of what they used to be when WordPress Core used to get hacked on a right. monthly basis about five, ten years ago. Um, I have a friend who runs a small business, and she was hacked by a drive-by exploit of someone literally scanning Google for WordPress sites, oh, loading them all into their exploit tool, and then exploiting a zero-day that, well, I think it was like a three or four days post, but she was on a non, you know, she was on a, um, a downloaded version of WordPress. It wasn't run by WordPress. So the web designer that built her site hadn't updated it to the latest version. Um, and hence she got caught in that. Um, and her site, fortunately for her, her site was just defaced. It wasn't any kind of any, yeah. anything more serious than that. Um, I guess my advice to small businesses would be. It wouldn't be don't use WordPress. It's a really simple and easy tool. There's sure. a lot of people out there that don't have any coding knowledge yeah. who can use WordPress to create their sites. They can get really relatively cheap sites from designers. Using WordPress, it's free software, um, but you know you get what you pay for, don't you, especially if you're using plugins. I, I probably, my advice would probably don't use a plugin which effectively needs the keys to the kingdom. Yeah which that one looks like it would. I haven't invested in the plugin, but if it's actively managing other themes, 
then that's the kind of thing that would need admin access for WordPress. So <clears throat> I would suspect it's the uh, if if it's been hacked and you can get the treads out of it, which is probably what they've done. Yeah, you, you're asking for trouble. Some of the other plugins, you know, there's ones that will load in, I don't know, on Twitter or they'll load in mm -hmm. um, WooCommerce or stuff like that. Those ones don't typically need as much privileges across the whole of WordPress, so they should be theoretically safer. It's about, I guess, managing in depth. Don't put something on there that's going to do a lot of damage if it gets hacked. Um yeah, it's it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say don't use plugins because that's fifty percent of the ecosystem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it's such a a tricky one in, in the respect that if they if it's hiding on an already popular plugin, then, then that element of trust is it's there and and you don't know what you're what you're downloading if something else is, is hiding inside right um i mean apart from don't i mean because you have to download plugins if you're using wordpress it, 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 is there much people can can be doing a, a, a apart from apart from that or is is it getting uh, too advanced to the point where it's almost well yeah this is it it's it it's that kind of perfect storm of yeah low low tech level to to run it Yes. And more to the point, this plugin looks like it's simplifying the back-end system, so you would expect their target market to, again, be people who, who've only hit a certain tech sure. threshold. Yeah. Are those people going to be watching their, their CV databases? No, of course they're not. Are they even going to be having – I'm sure there are. I think there are a couple of newsletters out there that will send you updates and stuff like that if WordPress gets hacked or the plugins get hacked. Will they even be doing that? No, probably not blind faith i guess is is what we're looking at here and until they've been hacked it's very hard for them to then realize what the danger is of using that ecosystem because obviously mm -hmm. wordpress is in their interests that people i guess aren't as aware mm -hmm. of how dangerous the ecosystem could be yeah i suppose one thing that we could be doing to um I must avoid being in this situation is is just being a little bit more careful of I suppose login behaviors and sharing passwords and that's kind of the the the, um, the, the theme of, of the next story really um, which is around nearly half of employees at the moment admitting to risky online behavior to avoid the hassle of, of logging in so a lot of workers are sharing passwords they're, they're ignoring the security updates um, a new study from one password which is a, um, a password aggregator where you can save all your passwords on one on platform they've detailed a number of dangerous habits which many workers have adopted which is putting their companies at risk so the password manager company survey was designed to expose a term that the company calls login fatigue which is reported to uh, take on toll of productivity security and mental health so 2000 north american participants took part 44 almost half percent claimed that logging in and out of apps at work either has a negative effect on their mood or their productivity and in response to this 43 percent of the uh, respondents admitted to dangerous online behaviors such as sharing login details or abandoning tasks and doing all other kinds of risky behavior um what do you make of that <laughs> jamie yeah again not no, no surprise there at all really um we we've recently introduced um passwords um, i'm trying to remember what they're called um single login basically across yeah. across a lot of our platforms yes um and some of those were set to log out after I think 30 minutes of inactivity. And if okay. you look at the usage patterns of 
some of the apps that we were using, 30 minutes wasn't wasn't enough and it was irritating a lot of people. We've actually, I think we've pushed that up now um, to, to be a longer time period for those apps in particular. So I can totally see it. Um, I mean, long, long time ago, I was a, uh, I was a technical support person before I did any, before I was a dev, before yeah. any of that, um, that fairly large shoe manufacturer's headquarters in the UK. Okay. Um, and the level of password misuse, even back then, was atrocious. Um, you know, you really common to see them stick to a screen, really yes. common to have really just poor hygiene. So we do, I think we've come a long way since then. Um, and I think our attack vectors have changed, especially as now we're remote a lot more weirdly as it seems actually sticking a complex password to your laptop on a post-it whilst i couldn't recommend it is actually more secure mm -hmm. than having a really simple password that you haven't stuck because who's going to see it on your laptop if sure. it's for an internal so it it's a weird one in terms of that i mean it really comes down to the company it teams it comes down to the company security teams to work with their users to find that that medium and it's always a, a push and pull between use like uh, ease of use and depth of security you can make something incredibly hard to crack but mm -hmm. it's also incredibly hard to log in and use and that's that's what this article is saying or you can make something really easy and simple to get into but it's really easy and simple to get into so you've obviously got a, a push and pull on the security there as well yeah. um i guess it comes down to to value and risk and hopefully those companies and it's hard to say really when you only see a, a broad percentage the larger companies that are there will have security officers they will have cisos who should yeah. be looking and certainly we do internally who should be looking at business value to business risk on things like password reuse password length mm. forcing um people to have independent ones stopping golden password reuse um yeah, those kind of things um 44 percent seems high but actually not maybe not that high when you think yeah. they're looking at annoyances aren't they in that figure it's not just people that have broken protocol <laughs> yeah I, I feel like a year ago i did an audit on all of my passwords and i had like over a hundred um 99 of them were the same password with a number one or a number two on the end and a different yeah, special yeah. character it didn't seem very secure so I, I did move over to one of the password managing platforms and every password i've got is i don't even remember any of them because they're all a combination uh -huh. of, of strings and, and numbers and letters and and um I, I didn't really remember one password which which gives me access to all of them a little bit risky but um i, I suppose knowing one that i'm never gonna tell anybody unless i'm in a hostage situation i i, I feel um i feel like pretty pretty safe yeah i mean the risk really is to do with nothing to do with you there the risk there for you is that the platform that you've used right. yeah. has a vulnerability and that somebody is able to utilize and, and and access the vulnerability so maybe they're saving i don't know a hash of yours and using that to pass it through and then they you know maybe it's in the ram and someone's going to put something on your machine that's going to start using the um like those shunt attacks where they're sure. pushing data around the RAM, they can pick your hash up, they can feed it into whichever password manager you're using. This is the kind of level of complexity that people would be using to attack those password managers. 
Mm. And I think it's important to note as well, and we, we say this when we look at securing companies and we look at, again, the company that was hacked last week, Yeah, the value, potential value of, uh, and we see this in um, the ransomware attacks, especially mm. the potential value of a successful ransomware attack could be in the millions. Mm. So if you think you have a payoff of a million and you have a, a team of, say, five developers working full time, just looking for a vulnerability, and they do that for six months, you're still coming out well on top. Oh, it could be a big payday if you. Yeah, uh, exactly. So there are there are companies set up um, around the world looking legitimate, not legitimate, specifically set up to be hacked companies. So that's 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 the kind of the the competitive nature of what which we're operating really is in corporate world. Yeah, the, the level and, of- and in the other rest of them as well. So. The complexity is just getting um, on another scale. I, I was speaking to um, a Web3 expert on the podcast the other day, and we did a piece on how the biggest crypto sites in the world, like Coinbase <laughs> and, and and whatnot, the, uh, if you Google those now, fake versions of those websites will come up before the actual ones. With the fake, it looks, looks exactly the same. You go on it, but after you've entered your login details, they've got your coins. So they'll log in on, on the actual platform and, and take everything that you've got. So um, yeah, it's, it's getting more and more complex, isn't it? Uh, you know, every, every day that goes by. Yeah, it's an interesting attack that, I mean, it's quite a common attack, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's like a revised S- S- SEO-injected phishing attack, isn't it? Um, probably going old school, really, just making it look similar enough to, to I mean, you, you still see it coming out on the emails. I mean, my phone is now clever enough to detect them when I get a text message from, I don't know, every or whoever the delivery people are. I'll sure. log in here. And yeah. So, yeah, it's... It's, it's it's an arms race, isn't it? Where we're constantly in it, and we'll always be in it. And that that I think is the key thing there. We it will never reach a point where we're secure. Yeah, it's always a point of are you secure enough? And one of the things when I do internal security training, I do application security training, is as I try and make that point, <clears throat> the apps you build can mm. never be one hundred percent secure. What we're actually looking for is are they secure enough? You know, we're sure they we have everything. Everything has to pass a pen test. But above and beyond that, if if someone came to your app and they tried all the basic attacks, are you a low hanging fruit? Is there anything really obvious they can do here? No, probably they're going to move on and try someone else. Yeah, yeah. Would um, hackers like this typically go for the you know small, medium sized companies, or or is it more the big fish that? that would they, they tend to go after well that's an interesting question so we've we've seen in the industry supply chain attacks so yeah. you, multiple supply chain attacks there's there's the, the 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 classic one nowadays which is npm and stuff like that where people get friendly with a with the owner of a of a quite a um slow moving shall we say package which is popular yeah they maybe put a few fixes in they can be working on this for up to a year. They'll get to the point where they say, "Oh, actually, yeah, you may, may, you know, you want to do a release. I've done all these fixes. You haven't got time. I can do it for you. Just give me release permissions." And then, bam, they'll inject Bitcoin miners up to like mm-hmm. three hundred thousand sites. But what we also see is, and I think it was, I know there's a there was a hack on Rockstar, wasn't there? Rockstar Games, I think, yes. announced yesterday. I don't know anything about the details, so I'm not assuming it's that. This but is we've a seen GTA similar... Six leak. Yeah, the GTA Six. Yeah. yeah. So we've seen similar attacks where 
they'll have gone in, let's say, via um, an advertising company. Mm. So this is an interesting attack, which you might. So we 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 have some fairly large multinational companies, yeah. and we've highlighted issues using shared code bases in the past. And I'm thinking, for instance, here GA, GTM, that kind of analytics tracking, and that's fine in itself. But you can make GTM insert arbitrary code if you want. Again, finding itself, you have good access control. However, where the supply line hacking comes in is, let's say they employed a digital marketer, mm-hmm. five people, bespoke digital marketer to a particular thing. They gave them GTM access. These people probably haven't got the same levels of security detail. Suddenly, you've got a way into these large manufacturers, these large people's code bases yeah. via a side attack. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's kind of almost like a, a jackpot for the hackers because it's a nice, easy way in. So, yeah, I don't think um, – I think the big boys, mm-hmm. there are ways in. Uh, and I'm trying to remember who it was got hacked last year via the mm-hmm. Log4J. Um, and that was purely because they were running um, Java on the front end of their website and they got okay. you know, went through 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 the various levels, did code injection and went in that way. But a lot of the time it's looking for these little side routes in, side doors. People be, be warned, be cautious. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm a firm believer that we are probably better off just shutting the whole lot down and living in caves. <laughs> I suppose on on that note, I'm gonna uh, we'll finish up and I'll go back to my cave. But but thank thanks for um for, for coming on, Jimmy. It was good to get your perspective, mate, into what's happening in, in in the world at the moment. Be good to get you back on again in a few months. It seems like every time I open up the BBC, there's a hundred different articles about some company being hacked. So good to get your perspective um, on what's happening. Um, yeah, more than happy to come back as well. Cool. Thank you, mate. Well, thanks for your time. Thanks to yeah. everybody for watching. Make sure that you're um, subscribing, following, etc., etc., on, on Spotify for new episodes almost daily. Um, this has been episode 76, and uh, thank you for watching. Cheers. Bye.